0: Welcome to this installment of Princeton Theological Seminary's Future of American Democracy series. My name is Heath Carter, and I'm the Associate Professor of American Christianity here at the seminary. It's my great pleasure to serve as the moderator of this series. Over the course of this year, we are bringing together leaders from across government, media, the church, the academy, to discuss the big questions shaping our civic life together. Today's conversation will focus on the past, present, and future of the National Council of Churches and mainline or ecumenical Protestantism more broadly, such an important tradition in uh, the American past and I think in the American future as well. I am absolutely delighted to be in this conversation today with Bishop Vashti Murphy McKinsey. She's the Interim General Secretary and President of the National Council of Churches, representing 37 communions, 100,000 churches, and 30 million people. She's also the 117th elected and consecrated bishop of the African Methodist Episcopal Church, the first woman uh, elected to Episcopal office in the more than two-century-old AME Church, and the first woman to serve as president of the Council of Bishops and president of the General Board. Bishop McKinsey has been active in social justice issues for more than three decades. She was appointed in 2009 by President Barack Obama to be on the inaugural White House Commission of faith-based and neighborhood partnerships. So such a a privilege to have her with us today. If you have questions about or suggestions for the series, please email democracy.panels at ptsim.edu. To keep up to date with the wider conversations we're convening, check us out at ptsim.edu. But without further ado, welcome Bishop McKenzie. Thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Well, thank you really for having me. Uh, it, it is a pleasure, it's an honor to be invited uh, to be engaged in conversation and dialogue.
0: Mm. Well, it's 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 really a privilege for us. I you know I think about so you're you've and we were just saying you know for almost coming up on a year now been been at the helm of really a a, a historic and and vital organization in American Christian life and American life more broadly. Um, and i and I, just at the outset here i'd love to think so i mean i i'm a historian i think a lot about kind of the role of christianity in american public life and the tradition that the national council represents has been a, a vital one in american life for a long time and and certainly in the in the not too distant past was a tradition that thought of itself in some sense as the conscience of the nation as playing a, a vital role in kind of helping to guide the nation through challenging questions public questions um but we also know that you know this this the tradition around this sort of the the, the mainline traditions the ecumenical traditions that that the council has been a vital leader of uh, over the last you know century plus um it's a different moment for them and and a, and a changed moment uh for these for these churches so i wonder if just at the outset as you have come into the leadership of this important organization and as you look out at the landscape of Kind of mainline or ecumenical Protestantism. What do you what do you see from your from your vantage?
1: Well, uh, I can say that the National Council of Churches is alive and well and doing mm. doing its work. Mm. Uh, the uh, NCC uh, represents, uh, let's say, the the moral and prophetic voice mm. in the public square. I believe mm. that the National Council of Christian Churches in the mm. USA—that mm. is our—that is yeah. our whole title. Uh, is uniquely positioned uh, to be the voice of reason, the wisdom, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. the prophetic voice in a very divisive world. Uh, Mm -hmm. We are at the door uh, or Mm -hmm. this point in time in history where we will either uh, bounce uh, bounce up and Mm -hmm. be able to uh, come together as a Mm -hmm. nation or we will be um, Mm -hmm. awfully divided. And so Mm -hmm. with competing voices, with... um, Negative voices, oppressive mm. voices, angry mm. voices, mm. the inability to sit down and have con you know conversation about the things mm. that we are all passionate about, mm. uh, the permission that has been given in this country mm. to denigrate people, to dehumanize people. Um, you mm. know, um, I, I read an article not so long ago. It said mm. um, you know, you can judge a country by many things, you can judge mm. them by their economics you know, um, mm-hmm. their their financial stability, their military mm. right um mm. you know how you know how well they live, you know their mm. social economic standing or there's another way uh, to judge a country by how they treat their children mm.
2: mm-hmm. yes
1: yeah. and at this moment at this tick of the clock uh they are just too many tiny little coffins being lowered in the grave. Mm and wow. too many families who are grieving uh, the early demise of their children. So uh, I think the trauma that this country mm. is going through, um, our children are talking to us, and they're mm. talking to us in very violent and negative ways. And so it's either violent, or it's either uh, addictions or other kinds of mm. disruption in uh, their physical and mental being. So mm. We are really at a critical point in our country. And I think that the National Council of Churches, with our 37 communions or denominations, mm-hmm. uh, 100,000 congregations, I think that we could be, uh, can play a critical role in mm-hmm. the healing of this nation
2: mm-hmm. and wow. also
1: for the call to Christian character.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, wow. there, there is a character crisis in this country. You know, Mm -hmm. moral depravity is, you know, is elevated. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right is no longer right. Right is wrong, wrong is right. The Mm. truth, nothing but the truth is no longer the truth and nothing but the truth. And and so there's a character crisis. And so what would um, faith um, Mm -hmm. organizations do but respond to that by elevating Christian character, not weaponizing Mm -hmm. religion. uh, You know, not politicizing religion, but elevating Christian character, elevating character. And I think character is going to be a big word going forward in this coming year.
0: Wow. Wow. There's so much there to, to, to unpack. I love it. Um, you know, I think about this is this, this moment. So part of our spring theme is sort of looking at the role that institutions play both in, in the kind of Christian life and also in national life. And you know one of the one of the most striking things uh in sort of the development and and evolution of christian institutions over the last couple of decades has been this historic disaffiliation and it's not just religious institutions that are experiencing this but it's it's all kinds of institutions there's really a crisis of faith in institutions across our society and i think for some of the reasons that you've just underscored, right? In terms of some of our institutions haven't been serving us well and, and whether it's our children or or any of a number of other indicators, uh, we see and are experiencing kind of visceral ways, the, the failures of institutions. And yet we also, you know, we had Sherilyn Eiffel on our campus here last week talking about how institutions are vital and necessary for democracy and, and for democracy to thrive. We need healthy institutions. So we need to transform them. Um, one yes. of the questions <laughs> you're with you're with her on that, yeah, and, and 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 one of the things I think is really is interesting and challenging, and I wonder how you all think about this is, um, because we we do we need strong institutions, we need faithful institutions, um, but there's a lot of, especially in younger generations, mistrust and and um and again, in many cases, rightfully so. Uh, how do we persuade people to get involved in institutional work and, and to, to, to fight for, for the shape of, a, of better institutions? You know, how, how do we, uh, I wonder if you think about that at the level of the NCC and, a, and a, sort of the, the work that you all are doing. Mm, well, there,
1: there's, a, there's a whole, you know, there are a lot of ways I can respond to that, but let me mm. first say that um, people do not know what's at stake. Uh, all I know is what I know at the moment and yes. it may go down. Da- it may come up as I'm, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm all right. My neighborhood's good. You know, mm-hmm. uh, whatever little piece of job I have, it's all right. Whatever little looks mm-hmm. we're fine. And so all yes. of that stuff is out there. I'm disconnected, you know, seven mm-hmm. degrees of separation, you know, this mm-hmm. is, hasn't touched my house. So I don't know what you're all upset about. You yeah. know, I'm functioning fine. So mm-hmm. um, we, may not understand really Mm. what's at stake the second thing is Mm. this confirmation bias
2: Mm. when we
1: believe something Mm -hmm. we look for those we are drawn to those things that confirm what we Mm. believe
2: Mm. Mm -hmm.
1: and so i click on i see something and i click on it i believe Mm. it whether that whether that belief is right or wrong i mean it could Mm. be totally but because i believe it you know i follow those things that confirm my belief and mm. I don't like I don't like to be confronted mm. which is really extraordinary for people of faith mm-hmm. um you know we tend to go to church to be confirmed by what we believe we don't mm. go to church to be confronted by the word of god well wow. which is extraordinary yeah. because that's yeah. what jesus did he came Damn, hey, I mean, you know. Mm. Let me tell you a little story about this, right? Mm. And then at the mm. end of the story, you know, boom, you get shot. <laughs> you know, wow, the trap door open, and we mm. fell right into it. And then uh, that that confronts us to examine where we stand, mm. examine where we believe. You know, you heard it this way, but I said it this way. that's you know, that's Jesus. Blessed are the poor. This is Jesus. He is confronting it. Don't give the way everybody else can. Don't pray like everybody else pray. Mm. I, don't, I want you to pray differently. Pray in my name now. Mm. All of that is confronting Mm. uh, the religious establishment, the status quo, and confronting societal and cultural norms. So Mm. we have confirmation bias. We don't understand what's at stake. What we need to do is make it personal. Mm.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Make it personal. Because some of the issues are so big. huge. Mm. I don't know what to do. About mm. um, systemic racism. Ooh, that's a huge issue. I, mm. I don't know what to do with this newer generation. I, I I'm not. I don't know what to do about uh, gun violence. I don't know what to do about this. You know, it's it. The issue is just too big. So mm. I tend to shut down on it. Mm. And because of the nature of our digital uh, our digital verse, uh, mm. we see it over and over again. I mean, like. You know, you, you're you old enough to grow up that you didn't hear about everything that happened in Korea or China or Turkey mm. or Asia or the Philippines. But every day, mm. uh, 29 people died in the Philippines,
0: mm. you mm. know,
1: and then 37 people died in, in, in Mexico and 40 mm. people were kidnapped in Haiti and something else happened in Canada. And there's an oil spill way up mm. in a place that you've never even heard before. And so mm. all of these things that used to be far away are now very close and -hmm. that's the far away places. We're not even talking about the trauma and tragedy and trouble that's happening right around us.
2: Mm -hmm. And so,
1: because it's so big, what happens Mm -hmm. to us? We have fatigue, trauma fatigue, Mm -hmm. trouble fatigue, crisis Mm -hmm. fatigue, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't want to see it anymore. I I disconnect myself. So Mm -hmm. to make it personal, to make it personal is that you have a personal responsibility all right. Mm. A personal responsibility to be sure that you do not discriminate mm. in your sphere of influence.
2: Mm.
1: Mm. Wow. Okay. So I, I you know, person, what does that look like? That means I will not mm. tolerate anyone to do to demon to be discriminatory in my presence. Mm. I will not laugh at that joke that dehumanizes mm-hmm. another group of people.
2: Yeah.
1: I will not affirm. The mistreatment of people who we're all created in the image of God, right where I am, whether I'm in the classroom, whether I'm in the business, whether I'm in church, mm-hmm. whether I'm in government, mm-hmm. I take personal responsibility for my actions. So if everybody mm-hmm. did that, if I change, my household change, my household mm-hmm. changes, my com- my community changes, my community changes, the country. You know, it, it's it's that process. You no no, 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 you're not disconnected from this.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, I
1: think. King talked about, Martin Luther King Jr. talks about uh, the, the connection of our, our mutuality. We are, we are mm. all connected. Whatever happens mm-hmm. to one happens mm. to the other.
2: You yeah. know, you
1: know? Yeah. Yeah. we're all connected in this yes. wonderful tapestry called humanity in mm. the United States. And yeah. just because a thread gets loose, we don't mm. cut the thread off. To mm-hmm. figure mm-hmm. out how we put that thread thread back in place,
2: yeah, and that's yeah.
1: Bible. If yeah. I see a brother it's in, you know what I do? Help him get back into place.
2: Mm.
0: We've
1: forgotten all of that.
0: Make yeah. it personal. Make
1: wow. it personal.
0: Well, wow. you know, you use this language, and I and I love it of, of kind of prophetic witness and that the the church is witnessing to justice and 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 having a kind of courageous voice in our in our in our moment and. Um, I wonder, you know, another another challenge that certainly is is facing our society right now and that the churches are, are involved with in, in different ways is is polarization and, and the ways in which, you know, we we have increasingly Americans live in different places than people they disagree with. They um, they shop at different places. They worship different places. And there's a lot of sociological research indicating that. Uh, you know, people don't change their minds fundamentally by reading books, they change their minds by who they talk to. And and so, you know, one of the things I've wondered about, and, and I think about this in the history of, of the federal and the National Council, I mean, in 1946, the Federal Council of Churches became the first predominantly white organization in the country to condemn Jim Crow. And that that made some folks within its uh, constituencies angry. And And over the next, you know, 20 years, as the country moves through kind of the civil rights era the constituencies within and around the federal and national council, you've got leaders who are trying to take those prophetic stands and are at the same time trying to hold together this unwieldy coalition. Right. And it's really challenging work. And, and cause if you, the, I guess the benefit is if you can bring that coalition with you, that's a lot of people that you can get to take that prophetic stand with you. Um one, you know, there's this new book by David Hollinger about, uh, Christianity is American fate. and he's he's really concerned that we, you know we've we've done a lot of work on the rise of the religious right. He says, but if you really want to understand kind of the predominance of Trumpian Christianity in the 21st century, you also have to look at the decline of ecumenical Protestantism, which in the 60s was a huge force in our society and and, and stood for democracy and stood for pluralism and civil rights and anti-war, and, and one of his things is he, I think he basically argues in one chapter in that book that, you know, the part of that decline has to do with the fact that at the national level, leaders took prophetic stands and then the people didn't come with them. So I wonder how you think about this stuff and how you think about that, you know, the, the, the vital need for the churches to take prophetic stands for justice, but also the vital need to convince people to come with us in that, you know what I mean? And 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 to join us in those stands, um, how does that happen? What do you think? This is, this is a toughie. <laughs> yeah, well, you,
1: you know, um, it's called allies. You know, with, mm. with the National Council, the federal group, National Council of Churches in 1950, uh, we're celebrating mm. 73 years of existence yeah. and getting ready to launch our mm. 75th anniversary uh, uh, projects moving towards mm. 2025. Uh, mm. Came together uh, because they, uh, you know, I believe they saw mm. um, the chaos that was created when mm. communions or denominations mm. competed with each other,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they saw the value of collaboration. Mm. That if we come together, you know, ecumenism. If we if we come together, find our common ground, stand on that, understanding that we won't agree on everything, but there's something mm-hmm. that we can agree on. Um mm-hmm. uh, and, and we stand there from that we build the bridge of mm-hmm. our partnering and our collaborating together to create mm-hmm. a greater voice.
2: Mm-hmm. So in mm-hmm.
1: order to be heard then, in order to be seen then, in order to get things done, there had to be a greater voice. Mm-hmm. So when they came together, they came together because they were um upset, mad, angry, or whatever at the treatment of workers. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm in mm-hmm.
1: the industrial age, mm-hmm. uh, the treatment of children being forced mm-hmm. to work, you know, mm-hmm. child labor and how workers were treated during the industrial age, they all came together uh, mm-hmm. to be sure that somebody needs to speak up and somebody mm-hmm. needs to say. So that, that was the common ground. And then mm-hmm. uh, moving ahead, well, wait a minute, not only are these workers and children mm-hmm. who are suffering in this particular era, so are people of color. Mm-hmm. And so we gather around that. And the mistake was made when, when people began to believe that mm-hmm. the Civil Rights Act of 1964 satisfied everything.
2: Mm-hmm. It
1: was one and done. We got it and gone, right?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got mm-hmm.
1: it and gone. So this piece of legislation settled everything. And mm-hmm. that was not true. The, mm-hmm. the issue was the law was created. You know, the law, the law of the land, the federal law, all of mm-hmm. that was created, yes, to protect people, mm-hmm. but our, our, let's say our love for humanity mm-hmm. had not all the way taken taken a hold.
2: Mm-hmm. So you got
1: a group of people, you know, you know, we we love you, we with you, hey, we have mm-hmm. uh, great allies, mm-hmm. uh, but we thought, or some people thought, that it was one and done, and we're through, mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. But without realizing that every generation must mm-hmm. build on the foundation of previous generation, this work of of protection of rights, protection of people, yes, civil rights, human rights, um, uh justice is never one and done. It is mm-hmm. never one and done. And when you stop and when you relax, go, okay, I'm going on home to you know do whatever else I'm gonna do, mm-hmm. uh, then that's when the when the pendulum begins to swing in the mm-hmm. other area. And we don't well, pay attention to it till it's, you know, screaming at you in your face. Mm-hmm. How do we get to this place? Yeah. How did this happen?
0: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Do you think it's Do you think it's important in this kind of fractious moment in our country's life? Uh, and and I wonder uh, for the National Council and, and and the Ame. I mean, how how important is it? to at once, and is it possible to at once take a, a strong prophetic stand and to remain in conversation with people who don't, at least yet, join in that stand? How How, is it possible to do those things? Do you find it, is it an important part of the work? In other words, like, you know, there are Christians who think differently theologically than I do, and they vote differently than I do. And, and to what extent do we, should we be, as you know, on the one hand, taking these stands, on the other hand, trying to remain in some kind of relationship or or whatnot with folks who maybe won't join us or at least don't join us yet. How, how do you think about that?
1: It would be wonderful to create uh, what I call tables of transformation mm. where people with different views and different ideas have an opportunity to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, Many times, I think you're correct. Many times, we do not um, understand people who don't look like us, talk like us, live like us, believe like us, because we have not been exposed. Yeah, you have not had an opportunity to go like, oh, will you do that too? Mm. Uh, we have um, interfaith dialogues. Um, we have mm. four convening tables that. Um, uh, do several kinds of work across faith and order. That's a theology. Uh, we have uh, our Christian Ed, our mm-hmm. uh, CUS, which is um, the National Council of Churches, uh, produces annually the International Sunday School. That's the Sunday School mm-hmm. lesson that you mm-hmm. have on your list. That's mm-hmm. NCC puts that together. The Home Bible mm-hmm. Study. We are the stewards of the uh, NRSV and now the updated mm-hmm. edition. Uh, and we have interfaith dialogues between mm-hmm. Jews and Christians mm-hmm. and Muslims and and so forth. Last year, when you know I first came aboard, the convening mm-hmm. table held a uh, held a dialogue where our Jewish brothers and sisters shared mm-hmm. uh, what what is the particulars of mm-hmm. this season for them. That this is what mm-hmm. Passover is, and this is what we do for Passover. Then our Muslim mm-hmm. brothers and sisters show, shared with us, this is what we do, Ramadan. this is what this is what, this mm-hmm. is what our, our cycle is. And then of course, uh, Christians shared, this is Holy mm-hmm. Week, and this is what this mm-hmm. means as we move towards the resurrection.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What happened in that dialogue, what happened at mm-hmm. the end of that dialogue, mm-hmm. you had people went like, "Oh, mm-hmm. you you fast too?. Mm-hmm. Yes. But we fast, not only do we fast food, but we fast from this, we fast from that, we fast from this. Seriously? Wow. Yes. Um, We have uh, this season of prayer. Really? You too? So, Mm. you know, that was like a common, uh, you know, a common ground there. As I said, if we can find the common ground, we won't agree on everything, but we can stand Mm -hmm. on this. Yeah. Let's stand yeah. on that and build the bridge out from there, so that mm. we're not we're not competing and fighting with each other. We become allies. Wow! I mean, wow. I, I love what Sweet Honey in the Rock. Sweet Honey in the Rock is a, a music group, um, based out of Washington D.C. and they sing a mm. song that says, "We who love freedom will not rest until everyone is free, wow. until the concern for um uh." Black boys dying and Mm -hmm. Black mothers' grief is the same as white boys dying Mm -hmm. and white mothers' grief. And so that won't happen unless we talk to each other, unless we dialogue with it. That's why I say NCC is uniquely positioned to say, let's come, come, let us reason together.
2: Mm, Wow.
1: Let's talk about it. Let, let's create a table of transformation, not only here, but in various mm. different places so that we can begin to see each other's mm. humanity. Well. Wow. Each other's humanity.
0: Part of what I love about the way, I mean, the way you're thinking about that in this and in this initiative, the the tables of transformation is I hear in your voice and and uh, you know, and you've only been at this work for a year. So I, I'm excited to follow it, but a kind of sense of of um ambition and hopefulness about what. The, the national council might have to to do the work ahead, and and I wonder, you know, I think there's folks right now who think, oh, you know, this is a you know the, the traditions that you know uh, come out of Princeton Seminary and, and mainline seminaries, the traditions around the national council, they're kind of on their last legs. But I don't hear that in your voice. I hear what I hear is a kind of hopefulness about kind of what what the work ahead might 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 be. And so I wonder, how do you think about this? Do you think about this as a season of of reaching out to new audiences and connecting with new folks, do you think about it as a se- season of kind of, um, you know, gathering the the, the faithful that remain? How how are you thinking about? And again, you're you're a year into this work almost. How do you think about the shape of the work that you're doing at the National Council? What do you hope for uh, as you as you continue in, in your leadership there?
1: Ah, uh, well, let me tell you. Yes, I am hopeful. Uh, mm. Because without hope, you know, mm. you can't raise children without hope. You can't go yeah. to a job and think you're going to perform without a hope. You know that 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 you have to be hopeful about what you do. Yeah. Uh, I see the work expanding. Um, uh, NCC uh, is about advocacy. We are mm. the voice for people who cannot speak in places where we go, mm. where we cannot, where they cannot be. We are the voice for those who don't have a voice or don't even mm. know they have a voice and cannot use a voice. Mm -hmm. Uh, we are a place where we unite our voices because they're 37, Mm -hmm. you know, 37 tones,
2: you know, 37
1: tones of voices. And, uh, but we also unite our values. So Mm -hmm. it's it's voice and values in our advocacy, as well as our act activism. We have to be not only be the voice, but we also have to be seen in action doing things. So Mm -hmm. um, over uh, the past year, um, our activism has has taken on, um, you know, a different meeting, a new meeting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We have mm-hmm. always been, NCC has been very active over the, in the past, for mm-hmm. mass incarceration, mm-hmm. for act now racism, which are, which are two pillars for NCC, as well mm-hmm. as for reparations. Uh, but in the last year, you have seen us in a variety of places. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You have seen us um, at, at the rallies against uh, violence against our children and school children. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were on the grounds in Buffalo and the aftermath oh. of the Tops Market um, uh, shooter. Uh, we well. were on the ground in uh, Texas uh, mm-hmm. when those school children uh, died. We're going to be on the ground mm-hmm. uh, soon at, at the appropriate moment in, in Turkey and in Syria. Uh, to be a uh, pastoral presence and witness Mm. there for our brothers and sisters who are suffering after the earthquake. Um, You uh, saw us Mm. bringing information toolkits. We have Mm. uh, toolkits. uh, One is um, response to Christian suicide, response Mm. of Christians to suicide, to be Mm. able to help people um, make better decisions and help the people around them make better decisions to, to advocate for life. Uh, we mm-hmm. have a church-based toolkit um, as we move towards the uh, midterm elections, where mm-hmm. uh, which became brandable for uh, mm-hmm. member denominations as well as non-member denominations. And that was one click on a QR code. You mm-hmm. could you could find out if you were registered, if you mm-hmm. need to re-register, what your registration dates were, what is mm-hmm. your early voting oh. dates if that is in your area or uh, where. Um, Uh, with the dates of of the election, where your polling place is, because a lot of it moved, and what kind of ID that you need to have. Mm. Uh, And so that was um, released, of course, to all of our congregations. We participated in training poll chaplains, so Mm. that people who went to the polls knew that there was a safe person there.
2: (laughs) <laughs> you
1: know, yeah, uh, If I need somebody to pray with before I go in, mm. if, if I know that there is a, a, a praying and calm presence, you know, in case mm. of somebody out there shouting and screaming and saying, no, you can't do this. Mm-hmm. No, there, there's, there's a presence there uh, mm. who know what to do uh, and how to help you uh, mm. a, along that way. So, you know, th- this, is, this is the side of, 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 of activism that yeah. is coupled to our advocacy. Uh, mm-hmm. We are uh, are initiating. Or actually, we're reinitiating our health task force, this health and wellness task force that is being initiated, where we are inviting our health commissioners, health officers, mm-hmm. uh, health experts from our various denominations to come together mm-hmm. to take a look at the issues that we really need to tackle as far as health is concerned. Uh, mm-hmm. During the pandemic, of course, NCC was that. Um, uh, the the prayerful and commending mm-hmm. presence, but it also was uh, champion vaccines, especially mm-hmm. in uh, areas uh, where people, it was hard for them or they didn't trust mm-hmm. the healthcare system to come and get vaccines. Mm-hmm. So NCC during that time uh, was a champion of vaccines, but there's more that we need to do in the area of health disparities.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: we, when you take a look at the healthcare process, it is. Um, sickness to wellness.
2: Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Can we move to wellness to care?
2: Well, yeah.
1: You know, um, I was privileged to be with a group of, of faith leaders yesterday at mm. uh, HSS, uh, mm. Health and Human mm-hmm. Services, and met with the, with the new secretary, where we talked mm. about the things that we were doing and the kinds of mm-hmm. things that we were looking for, for that department to do. Mm. Activism. Uh, mm-hmm. We are developing, we are initiating a policy roundtable that debuts in May, where wow. we are inviting uh, policy experts um, of our members as well as non members to talk about strategy in policy mm-hmm. development and policy uh, models uh, mm-hmm. that, that exist and how um, we can uh, be participants in formulating uh, the best approaches in policy. Uh, because we know that policy uh, informs praxis and we have mm-hmm. some policies with a lot of unintended consequences mm-hmm. uh, in in our mm-hmm. country. So we want to be able uh, to uh, study it and then also um, mm-hmm. see how, as we talk to communions, as we talk mm-hmm. with communions, that we can provide the best policy platform possible. Yeah. So we're not sitting on our history. We're not no. sitting on our walls. <laughs> Yeah. uh we are out there advocating we're mm. collaborating we're partnering and we're also being
0: activists wow what a remarkable array of of work that you're that you're doing and and so many opportunities it sounds like to kind of be in, in involved and engaged in work that really matters um i wonder i can, yeah.
1: I can tell you that we are yeah. we're of course we're open for partnering and and i can tell you how mm. uh one one way um mm. This semester, this spring semester, we are partnering with Harvard uh, Kennedy School uh, Graduate uh, Graduate School. Uh, they have a course there about uh, social justice and action. And um, they have there is a class of students right now who are working on reparations. They are developing mm-hmm. a toolkit. For local congregations to understand what it is. People just think it's 40 acres and more. Right. Money. Nope, this is it's it's more reparative mm-hmm. justice is not just mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. so they're preparing a toolkit on for reparative justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are developing a model um, that can be used, an advocacy model that can mm-hmm. be used. And I cannot wait until mm-hmm. May. When I mm-hmm. go up to Harvard to hear what they what these students have been doing. So you're talking Fantastic. about how you interest young voices yeah. in this work by giving yeah. them an opportunity, not telling them what to do, right. giving them an opportunity to research, to look, to develop mm-hmm. new approaches, fresh minds, mm-hmm. fresh vision on a mm-hmm. very old subject. This is how you are. So any wow. person would like to
0: partner with us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's talk let's talk i mean i, I was actually at a, a convening uh, here in town last week uh johnson c smith uh seminary was hosting a convening about reparations and and this is actually one of the comments that i had made and i love the idea uh, you know that young people are such a resource in in this work and have so much creativity and so much to bring so um let's let's seriously let's let's talk about more about possibilities there i i I wonder what you think in terms of what are the what are the greatest so so many opportunities. What are the greatest challenges for the National Council right now in, in the work that it's doing? Um, and maybe for you personally. I mean, what what do you find most challenging about this work that, that this vital work that that you're doing? It's 24-7.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs>
1: it is it is 24-7. Uh mm-hmm. and of course the, the challenge is you cannot answer every call.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: you have to determine which mm-hmm. places where you spend your energy, your time and your resources. We have yeah. a small mm-hmm. staff. we would mm-hmm. love to have a larger staff and that mm-hmm. means dollars and cents you know, mm-hmm. in order to do mm-hmm. that. Uh, and so that means you know we look for people who believe in what we do and will donate towards what we do so we can expand staff and as we expand yeah. staff we can expand the reach. Uh, Mm -hmm. and it won't feel like 24, uh, 24 Mm -hmm. seven. The other challenges are are ones Mm -hmm. that faced um, uh, many organizations is that you sometimes feel like you're the lone voice, you Mm -hmm. know, you're the voice in the wilderness Mm -hmm. (laughs) crying Mm -hmm. out. And um, we look for other voices who will come along Mm -hmm. with us and sing the same song, shout the same shout. so that we can all be heard. And I believe in amplified voices. You mm-hmm. know, no mm-hmm. one area, no one entity, no one school, no one, you know, facility, mm. no one whatever has all the answers. But when we come together and unite our voices and values, then mm. we have a diverse perspective and, mm. and we can I think we can move forward better. You know, I think we wow. be heard in the public mm-hmm. square. You know, yep. many times people come to us and they go like, well, how, how come you haven't spoken out on this? I said, uh, mm-hmm. we have. How come you haven't said? I said, we did. How mm-hmm. come, whatever, da-da-da-da. Well,
2: mm-hmm. we
1: heard so-and-so do that. Well, they have a bigger platform,
2: mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. fear
1: sells and hate sells mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and whatever. Mm-hmm. They're not going to come and hear, hear us say, you know, what we really need to do is take a moment and sit down to the table of transformation. Then don't wow. want when- to you know, they yeah. want to hear like, "We're gonna burn this place down,"
2: mm-hmm, <laughs> and so mm-hmm. that
1: becomes the sound bite that goes that goes around and around. And people say, "Well, aren't you gonna say anything about this?"
2: Yeah, you wow. did. Yeah,
0: y'all weren't well, listening or didn't want to pay
2: attention.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I I wonder. You know, we are. We're heading for, for May and, and commencement here, and we're gonna send out uh, the latest class of seminarians into the world where they're gonna, some of them are gonna be pastors, some of them are gonna be working in nonprofits, they're gonna be kind of sprinkled all over the, the nation and the world. And it's a hard time, as you know, and you've just spoken to so eloquently, uh, to lead an institution. It's a hard time to to do this work with a 24-hour news cycle and crises seemingly on every which way you look. And so I wonder, you know, and I think about this for myself and in, in, in teaching our students, what what kind of encouragement or advice would you give to them as they seek to go out into the world and be faithful leaders in this in this challenging moment?
1: Uh, Jesus died and you don't have to.
2: Mm. No
1: longer required to call, to get up on the cross. Uh, Mm. Jesus already died. He did not go back to the tomb and you don't have to go back to the cross or back to the tomb. Mm. Um, The other thing I would say is that you can't do it all. So you have to pick the places where you do,
2: Mm. Um,
1: you know, that that's, that's a challenge because everybody, no, we we ought to do this. We ought to do that. Let's see if we can pick
0: five Mm -hmm. things. This is where we're going. to. How do you do that? How do you, I I think that that's a, that's, that's tough, right? Because Part of the draw there is there's there's all these important concerns and all these you know vital issues how do how how can they how do you do that prioritization is it the community around you how, how do you think about that well as
1: as a pastor as a pastor pastoring in the rural area pastoring in the urban core um i advocate for uh doing a needs assessment
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: when I was assigned to Payne Memorial in Baltimore, I did a needs assessment because I was surrounded by major ministries, mm-hmm. um, diverse ministry—Baptist, Episcopal, uh, mm-hmm. Methodist, A.M.E. A Presbyterian mm-hmm. Church was right up the street from me. So um, <laughs> um, they who were doing all good work.
2: Mm-hmm. So uh,
1: we did a needs assessment, mm-hmm. uh, congregation and community, to find out what was not being done.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because mm. if it's being done, it is being done well. Mm. It's it may be better for us to support them
2: mm-hmm. in
1: doing it, mm-hmm. and then we do what's not being done. So we found, you know, that there was a Bethel had an outreach center that was doing fabulous mm. work. Another one had uh, um, a, a young adult center uh, getting gangs off the street uh, and the like, uh, but there was nothing for children. Mm. And Mm-hmm. We were in the urban core, understand we are in the urban core. And so children unattended, not because they're being neglected, but because their families have to work two, three jobs in order to make a whole paycheck.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, un, you know, unattended latchkey children, there was mm-hmm. nothing for them. And mm-hmm. so we developed an after school program, then we developed a Saturday academy uh, we used college students to come in and with homework assistance, which was a mm. wonderful benefit. You go to college? Mm. Yeah. Oh, your parents must be rich. No, I work every day.
2: I'm mm. <laughs> working my way through college. Yeah. Uh,
1: so uh, if, if I can do it, you can do it. You know, uh, mm. it was a, a wonderful uh, benefit from that. So do a needs assessment, find out what really needs to be done. And mm. um, in that congregation, we identified 10 issues. These are the 10 Specific issues that we see that Mm -hmm. is needed in our area, inside and outside of the church. And then we just started doing the selection process where we got down to five. Then we have Mm -hmm. to say, it's not that these other five are not important, Mm -hmm. is that if we tried to do all 10, we would stretch ourselves too thin, and we really would not be um, doing well. Mm -hmm. Um, We really would not be getting the kinds of results that we would like to have if we Mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. So I say, pastors, doing needs assessment there's no pa- no point in providing apples when they really need oranges. So mm. do that now. In the context of a nonprofit, you do mm-hmm. something similar. Do something yep. similar. So uh, with staff, we, um, you know, what, what are what are what how, what priorities do you see? What challenges do you think? You know, why NCC in the first place? What mm-hmm. you know? What's your why inside NCC? Mm. Uh, and, of course, we got a list of 10. Mm, We've mm-hmm. been in the process of willing, you know, making it, making that list smaller to mm. at least, we got down to five. We'd like to get mm. down to three, but we, you know, <laughs> down to five. and then um, let's see how our work grows out of that and how that work mm. lines up with the constitutional bylaws of NCC, mm. which lists the purposes and things. So it, it mm. is like this says what we are going to do. That says what we are doing. And let's see how they come and mesh together. Let's see how
2: they come Mm -hmm. and mesh together. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: Pick your fight, pastor. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Whether you're a pastor
1: or your executive director inside of a nonprofit, you cannot do it all. So pick the things that you can do. Do that well. It is better to say, you know, wow, we, we got the results we needed. Um, we did this well. Then everybody said, "Well, I, I, we see y'all, but we don't know what you're doing." And mm. nothing that you're doing,
0: you're doing well. Wow, I love it, and I, I'm so glad that you are at the NCC. And I can't wait to see how the work that you're doing continues to grow out of it, and, and the work that the organization is going to do in the years ahead. Such a vital past, present, and and I think uh, future as well. So thank you so much, Bishop McKenzie, you know, such a privilege to be in this conversation with you.
1: Thank you for having me. Like I said, you honored me by extending the invitation in the first place and um, I enjoyed our conversation and I hope it was a benefit, it will be a benefit to those who listen and watch.
0: It will, I can promise you that, all right.